Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. Joined each week by the venerable Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. This is Mark's time of the year. No more, no more Vikings uh, to cover per se. Well, no, I'm kidding. There's plenty of plenty of things to cover in Vikings land because they made some news last week by uh, making probably a very good, very high portion of the Viking fan base happy. I think they let Ed, defensive coordinator Ed Donatello, go and are now in hot pursuit of, of replacement. Mark, what'd you think of that move and any thoughts in general? Well, I think we should go back and look at the film. I mean, I, like, like a lot of people, I mean, you could see this coming, like trying to remember when the first time we mentioned this, uh, you know, that this is a probability if they yeah. were to go one and done, um, you know, it's, it was a bad hire, you know, only quite, you know, now the big, the only thing you worry about if you're a Vikings fan is, you know, same guy that made this hire is going to be making the next hire. And, um, <clears throat> you know, is he, has he, what did he learn? I mean, there's a lot to be learned in a full season of, in the NFL and, uh, you can see he's going. Uh, he's going a lot younger. I know that. Uh, more, little, probably a little more aggressive uh, in the names that have come up. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he. You know, he had hoped to like be able to to uh, hand that position over it and 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 just let that person run the defense and kind of not co off co head coaches, but you know not. But it wasn't long into the season where we started hearing you know O'Connell say some things that were like, oh, you know. He, he's having to tip his, put his foot into, into that side of the deep, the, the team a little more than, than, uh, than he wanted to. And, you know, just having to kind of nudge him along, nudge Donatello along to be a little more aggressive, to create some pressure, to, to do some things that Donatello should have been doing. Uh, and frankly, you know, Ed, you know, I love Ed, but Ed's been in Vic Fangio's, Vic Fangio's shadow for the tw- last 12 years. Uh, he's, he's not an out front guy. He's more of a foot soldier. That's uh you know, de- uh, defensive backs are his his specialty, um, and he hadn't called defenses in in ten, twelve, or no, in fifteen years or whatever it was. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it had to be done. I mean, it, it, there's not one person. That, I don't know if, if you've ever run into anyone you hear that said, "Oh, you know, Donatello is a fall guy, or he <laughs> shouldn't have been fired." I mean, it's it's just there. It's just was such an obvious flaw for with, with this team that was covered up by takeaways. Um, and when those takeaways went away, it, uh, that defense was exposed uh, in a major way. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you say that. It almost sounds like the mirror image of last year where Zimmer, throughout his tenure, was very defensive-oriented and uh, spending all his time in the defensive room and wanting to hand off the offense to somebody else and let them run with it like Gary Kubiak. It was great for him then because there's somebody with some experience. But uh, – and here we are on the other side, an offensive guy just letting the defense go. I, you know, I guess that's – I don't know how you avoid that. I mean, a, a person comes to a team with either an offense or defensive mentality, unless they've been a head coach overseeing things for many years and you're not really going to get somebody like that out there. But, you know, it, it, I, I don't know if that's a winning uh, recipe, you know, to have so much focus on one side of the ball and just – make a hire and hope the other side can handle it because clearly around well, here. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, there's not too many guys that are, you know, we're 10 years offensive coordinator, then 10 years defensive coordinator right. and their next 10 years head coach, uh, you know, and let's, let's face it. It's, it's, although Ed, the schemes, I didn't like the schemes. Um, you're going to see a lot different defense. I think that, you know, uh, the page will be turned in a lot of positions and there's going to be a lot of names that people are, are from players that people I think like and respect and, Oh, why, why are they getting rid of him? Well, you know, right now there's really no one that's, that's off the table. I think as far as like, you can't, this guy, they can't get rid of this guy. They can't get rid of that guy. I mean, they're going to have to get younger. They're going to have to get faster. Uh, we all love Patrick Peterson, but you know, <laughs> You know, they got to get younger. They got to get faster. Uh, not saying that, that Patrick Peterson won't be back because you can't make 11 changes or, or uh, you know, 24 changes on that side of the ball to satisfy everything. But you know, there's going to be a lot of decisions. This is just the tip. You know, when they when they find out who who this guy is going to be, then it's 
then the hard, I think the, even the harder part, uh, piecing it all together and then who goes and who, who comes back. Well, have, have they uh, su- sufficiently changed over to a 3-4 for good? Or should, will they try to go back to 4-3? Because most of the par- personnel was 4-3. Uh, they, they didn't change a whole lot. And they brought in Zedarius Smith last year, who was a 3-4 guy. Um, do you think they'll hire somebody from uh, four because that's a four three because their personnel leans in that direction? Yeah, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna find someone who's you know, and they're bringing in uh, uh, the guy from Seattle, uh, Desai, uh, Sean Desai, a second time in two years. So that's right. kind of interesting that he would come back a second time. Um, you know, I think at this point, you know, and, and Donatel are. Um, O'Connell made this reference at, at his press conference, which I think is is a good point. It's like we got to look at like the percentages. Like whenever you go into a nickel, your three four can look like a four three, your four three can look like a three four. Whenever you have uh, th- that type of personnel on on the field, um, you know I think they got to get a, a a guy that's a, a leader that is um, and kind of go from there. I mean it's. Uh, I think it's, it probably is going to be a three-four. You have like Flores is a, is a three-four you know, scheme, uh, but I think it's going to be a different type of defense. You're not just going to bring in the Fangio defense and run it as as vanilla as as uh, as Donatel did. I think you've got to have more. There's got to be more creativity on third down. There's got to be more man coverage. Um, it was just it was a defense that was if in a, in a Boil, boil it down to the bare bones. It, it struck me as a defense that was what you would play 20 years ago in the NFL. Do you think the Vikings have defense, uh, or I should say personnel, for more man coverage? I mean, Patrick Peterson is well, right. a good cover man, well, like, like getting old. Right. We could say, we could say you know, like I, I, I made a tweet uh, over the weekend. I was like, you know, Vikings fans are learning that they can now – you know, that more than four people can rush the passer, including guys with numbers, 20s and 30s. And, uh, you know, and it's someone tweeted back that a good point. It's like yeah, when the Vikings, when those numbers, not Harrison Smith, because he didn't do it that much, but uh, Brandon and Sullivan like blitzed. It wasn't, it was kind of a wasted blitz. All you did was take a guy that didn't know how to blitz and or look terrible blitzing uh, and leaving a hole and not getting anywhere near the quarterback. So yeah, there, there's, there, the personnel does not, the personnel is also, it's not, you know, Ed wasn't good enough, but the personnel right now overall is not good enough. It's not fast enough. And I think O'Connell made reference to that too, as far as, you know, what would you like to see uh, something about the speed or what would you like to see done differently? And he was like, you know, the way the NFL is now, you create spaces, you you know, the speed creates like gaps and speed, you know, that, that um, if, if you can't keep up with that speed um, and this is not, you know, anything new, that's, you could say that about football in the 60s or 70s, but, you know, they, they just, they create these mismatches and there's, there's gaps that they've got to be able to fill, you know, and one thing about Zimmer, Zimmer was not, there, there were times where Zimmer, we'd be talking, you know, Zimmer, they wouldn't lead the league in takeaways or they wouldn't be up there, um, you know, and it was, you know, Zimmer was more of like, even in zone, it was like, you got to defend every blade of grass inside your zone and pass it on to the next guy Whereas we saw with this defense, it was just like, wow, you know, where is it? Where is the defender? Right. Um, but in, in, in order to play some of this stuff to be, I mean, uh, you don't, you don't take like, um, we don't do, you don't take D'Amico Ryans or, or Jonathan, uh, uh, uh the Philadelphia's defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and, and just put him on the Vikings and then they play like that. I mean, the, the we saw uh, this past weekend the one team that was terrible was the one that beat the crap or, or beat the Vikings by one score. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know those those wow. three those three defenses were incredible. I mean, the, you know the Cowboys. You know, it's a shame the Cowboys have to had to lose. No, uh, it's not and, a shame and, at all. And then 49ers and, and uh, in Philadelphia, um, that's there's a lot. Of, there's personnel there as well as, uh, as right guys that uh, call they. They're, call the defense well let, let, let's uh run through these coach coaches that the vikings have requested to talk to, and then we'll just talk a little bit about uh about personnel because that's that's the two aspects here and 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 you mentioned one uh uh sean desari from seattle was brought in here last year uh, interviewed for the job didn't get it lost out to Don, donatel uh probably went uh 
uh, maybe KLC was looking for some experience there. Someone like you said, a co-head coach that could run with this defense. And clearly uh, he, he might not have been up to it being standing in, uh, in uh, Fazio's or uh, not Fazio's, <laughs> um, Fangio's uh, shadow. But uh, then you've got Brian Flores, uh, who came this year as a linebackers coach from Pittsburgh, but before that was the uh, uh, Dolphins head coach for a couple of years and, and has some, some baggage attended to him uh, uh, during that tenure. We can talk about that. And the other one was Ryan Nielsen, a co-defensive coordinator from New Orleans, who the Vikings have already interviewed for the job. Um, Mark, what do you think about uh, Flores? You know, uh, he, he had a contentious uh, – tenure as head coach for the Dolphins for a couple of years when his coach reportedly offered him a bribe to, to lose games to tank for the first pick, I think in 2019. And uh, they lost their 2023 20, first round pick as a result of it. Um, and it, you know, people are talking like he, he'd, he'd be really good, but uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder, I think from, from what's, what's going on. So that's what people. Well, I, I, t- well, I tell you what, I mean, if that's baggage, give me baggage. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, his owner went to him and gave him a hundred thousand dollars to tank and lose the games. And he said, no. And he got fired. He was nine and eight. That's what Miami went, you know, he got replaced. Miami went nine and eight. And after adding Tyreek Hill. So uh, I think the locker room would love this guy. If, you know, the, the, the character of this guy of, of not doing that, uh, not doing, not tanking in the NFL. So you know, if you're a fan and you love the draft, you probably hate him. If you're if you're a player and you respect the hell out of a guy who's got character like that, then I think you you you, you like this guy. Did he have um, any coordinator experience before he became a head coach? He must have somewhere, didn't he? Or well, he was. I mean, he was he was in the scouting department with uh, with the uh, the Patriots for for four or five years, and so he he. I mean, you talk about. I, I like him also from a like a a. a personnel standpoint of like knowing what to look for because he mm-hmm. was training you know, Belichick trained him as a, as a scout and he's got defense. Yeah. He's got obviously got defensive uh, experience and uh, head coaching experience now. And he's only, he's a, uh, he's 41. Uh, the Desai is uh, 39. So yeah, I think O'Connell last year was looking for the, Hey, I'm the, I'm the youngest head coach or second youngest is McVeigh. He'll be the youngest for he's, McVeigh's been the youngest coach in the league for, Seems like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was like, hey, we needed this, you know, grandfatherly figure and we have the young coach and we got everything we need. You know, now I think they're probably looking for a little younger, more aggressive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Flores intrigues me because and then, you know, and I always respect what Pittsburgh does. You know, the guy was, you know, kind of seems like the league was kind of hands off this guy because then you know, he started suing everybody and stuff yeah. like that. Um He's back, he's Pittsburgh. got another request too already. Browns, at right? I'm sure. Too. I'm sure he does. And and hats off to Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh has been a leader in this regard in so many ways for for years, going back to the Rooney family. The I mean, this is a Cleveland guy. You know, uh, I hate Pittsburgh, but you respect the hell out of Pittsburgh and how um, just the character and the strength of that that organization and you know and what they were dealt with this year and then they come out and they have another winning season. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, almost make the playoffs. So I think by Pittsburgh doing what they did last year, yeah, that opens the door for this guy again. And uh, uh, he, he, you know, he would be a guy that I could see come here if they get the right personnel. He, he, he if they have a good season, you know, the offense is in good hands and the defense would be in good hands with him. He would be a, go on and be a head coach somewhere. You know, I think yeah. the thing about Zimmer, you talk about Zimmer and all this, oh, you know, you look how many coordinators he had. You know, let's not forget the two of them got head coaching jobs based on how, good a job they did right uh on the offense here and one of them Gary Kubiak was a guy that just got tired with the pandemic and he didn't want to wear him he he didn't want to coach that way anymore so he retired again yeah and and I was gonna say about Flores uh he he might come in and and kind of be fiery and and do you think uh as a direct opposition to uh, the personality of uh, Ad, Ed Donatel, who was maybe kind of more easygoing, hands-off, and not as uh, in-your-face kind of guy. Uh, does that is that good or bad for this team? Because I think the defense really appreciated their their style after Zimmer. Uh, those that had experienced both, and maybe uh, Flores might be more of a 
might be more of a, a disciplinarian, I think. I, I don't know. I'm well, just... but, but Flores doesn't come in as the head coach. I mean, the, the, right. you know, the, the leader of this team is still the head coach. I mean, uh, O'Connell, you know, has, uh, you know, I mean, it's all kumbaya. It's all we're we're all one big, you know, this and that and the other thing. But when a decision has to be made, it's still him making that decision. Um, you know, if, if I, I want to say it's not quite the same as if a head coach gets fired, then you get the complete opposite. You know, you fire Zimmer, yeah. you get uh, O'Connell. You yeah. fire O'Connell, you're going to get uh, Parcells. You know, it's just yeah. that's just how the head coach typically goes. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case with the coordinators because they still answer to someone above them. Uh, but I do feel like it'll be a younger, I feel like, you know, obviously by their list, it's going to be a younger, more aggressive guy who's maybe more in tune with the players. I mean, Donatello was in tune with the players as far as they got his respect. I don't, yeah, they liked him and stuff, but I, I don't know that it's just, it wasn't a good fit, obviously from a, Hey, it's third down and we need to do this, this, and this. And it's like four guys rushing, you know, playing off coverage. It's just, just didn't work. Um, what do you know about Ryan Nielsen, uh, co-defensive coordinator from New Orleans? Already, has already been in for an interview. He's like he's forty-three. You know, uh, you know, New Orleans their defense was improved this year. I, that's the one that surprises me. I, I don't know. You know, I, we were talking before we came out here. I'm, I'm dealing with. I got a back surgery coming up tomorrow, so I haven't been. I haven't been uh, clicking the uh, projector on Nielsen, but. Uh, I know that that one sort of surprises me what, where the connection is on, on all this. Right. Um, but you know, the 40, the, the New Orleans defense, uh, was a little, was improved this year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know enough about him myself. Um, so I'm going to have to do some research there, but, uh, let's quickly jump to the, uh, the personnel. Um, you know, you mentioned Patrick Peterson and you mentioned, well, we've certainly got Harrison Smith and another name that's come up is Eric Hendricks is, possibly expendable. And depending on what they do with this scheme, maybe uh, this isn't a good fit for Zedaria Smith. And um, yeah, they got some younger players, but they, they've got plenty of uh, older players with big contracts. Uh, you, well, who stays, who goes on this defense, I guess? Any thoughts there? Oh, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I don't, you know, I guess if, you, if there was one person that you said, Hey, who's the untouchable, I guess it'd be Daniil Hunter. Um, but then Daniel would have to redo his contract, I guess. I don't, you know, a lot of these guys, it's, it's based on money as well. You know, I, I love Harrison, um, but you know, they did draft a safety in the first round last year. Um, you know, you got to move on at some point. I, I just don't think there's anybody who's off the table. It's like on offense, obviously off the table, you know, Justin Jefferson, <laughs> um, you know, Darisaw, uh, O'Neal. Right. Uh, there's a number of guys on offense, but on defense, it's like, hey, if they got rid of, okay, you know, I like Eric Kendricks. I've been a huge Eric Kendricks fan for years, but he's going to be 31 years old, 32. Um, you know, it only it only lasts so long. Uh, obviously, Brian Asamoah is going to be a starter this year. Is he? Does he take uh, Hicks's spot? Does he take Kendricks' spot? I don't know. I just know that this defense. When you look at the, what happened on the weekend and how those defenses played and how just, you mm -hmm. know, fast they were and how aggressive they were, you know, they, the Vikings didn't have a lot of that, those clubs in their bag, you know, it was difficult and, to watch how far the Vikings have to go compared to what I saw on the weekend. I totally agree. It was, it was a little disheartening. I thought, Oh my goodness, this defense has so far to go to, to play at this level at, at this, in this round. I, I couldn't even see, well, I think the Vikings deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't they certainly didn't deserve to go to this next round when you look at the teams that were playing there. No, not I mean you, you just you get what you deserve. And that you know, I'm not going to say the Vikings were were you know, didn't deserve those 11 11 and 0 on one score games because, you know, the, most of that was based on takeaways and they got their takeaways and they didn't they, they you know, except for one that I can think of off the top of my head at Buffalo fumbling at the one yeah. half Yard line that was a that was gift, gift. But, but some of these other ones, you know, it's it's guys making great great plays at the end of games. So, um, you know, it's. Let me ask you one other question, Mark. What, you just get when you just when you just get to a point, you get to a certain point. And it's like you, you have to be able to play and win win the game without, you know, getting those two takeaways. Uh, yeah, you know, all the time I think. 
You have to be able to. Uh, the injured rookies uh, really uh, wreaked havoc. It makes it problematic for evaluating your defense, doesn't it, going into the offseason? Because they're, they're the grade is so incomplete on Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth. Their first two draft picks virtually did not play this year. Essentially, they did not. So it's like you don't even know. I mean, I'm sure they have a plenty of idea of what these guys' capabilities are because they saw them in practice before they did go out and get injured, but they really didn't see them with a lot of live bullets. So that's kind of problematic on one side. On the other hand, does it does it uh, either A, prevent you from drafting more guys in, uh, in the defense, or B, is it like getting a, a double rookie class next year? You can look at it that way. Too. What, what are your thoughts on how well, – the way I would look at it going in is, I mean, if you look around the league, and I wrote this story maybe mid-season somewhere along the line, it was before before Booth had started had played on defense. If you look at the cornerbacks in this league, the, the, the rookie cornerbacks this year, it was one of the best rookie cornerback classes that we've yeah. seen in, in a long, long time. From the first, from Sauce Gardner and, and, Gardner and those guys all the way to the seventh round, which you're seeing – you know, Kansas City, look at the seventh round. I mean, we talk about Brock Purdy. Look mm-hmm. at Kansas City's seventh rounders in that, in that secondary uh, the, or the, the corner that was in the seventh round. Um, but when you look at the Vikings, you know, it's two, to me it's two swings and misses because I don't trust uh, – if I'm going into the draft, I don't trust that Booth is going to get healthy. You know, we heard that last year. So, uh, And then uh, Caleb Evans, who I thought was a better player – but he's got, had three concussions in one year. Yeah. This guy, this could be, this could be a guy that in June we're hearing, we're 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 hearing about him retire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the guys when when you start talking three concussions in one year, um, you can't count on him next year. I mean, whatever you get is bonus, but you can't say, well, you know, Evans is going to be back and Booth is going to be back. And Seen didn't exactly just have a clear break; he had a, you know, a nasty injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, seeing is the guy, I guess, that you say, okay, you know, th- th- we're going to have him, and maybe you don't draft a, you know, certainly don't draft a safety in the first round. But I think the corners, especially with uh, your best corner, was a 33 year old guy. Um, you know, you don't, e- you pretend you don't even have those two corners. On right. Your you got to go, yeah. you got to go back into that corner, that corner pool and get uh, more cornerbacks. So, yeah, I'd, I think this is going to be a, you know, they need a lot. You know, uh, and I think that, you know, the, the corners, you know, they're going to be hitting them again. They're going to. Yeah, that's a great point. They're going to have to draft like those guys are are, are not there. And, and anything they get from they're going to have to draft cornerbacks and anything they get from these other two Evans and and Booth is kind of gravy is maybe a bonus. And you have Duke Shelley in there, too, which helps uh, a solid performer. So, yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's a good point. Um, and, they, and they got four draft picks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they, they'll yeah. turn that in. They'll turn that into more. I mean, they're going to turn that into more stuff. People are saying, you know, hey, trade, you know, everybody and see what you know. You, but they will get know. compensatory picks too, I think. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they where they'll stand on that. Those are things that are so hit and missed. Uh, but you know, they're they're going to be there's going to be picks that they. Uh, well, you know, what you got to do is just find a way to whatever the Kansas Cities and now San Francisco's and you know. Uh, get those seventh rounders, you know, get some more seventh rounders and go out and find your, it's easier said than done though. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that note, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the offense. Cause there's certainly some questions to talk about there. And, uh, um, and then later on in the show, we will uh, look at uh, the football that did happen this weekend, where it's going forward. So come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, um, we talked last segment about the defense. Let's hit the offense this time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions there, even though they were the uh, powerhouse behind this team this year that uh, helped propel them, despite a very uh, problematic defense, to a 13-4 and record before the, that uh, unfortunate playoff loss. So, but there's, there's going to be some changes there, too. Uh, we've got the running back room. What, how do you see that happening? We heard this week that with, with uh, Tony Pollard's injury uh, breaking his fibula in the game, the playoff game against San Francisco, that uh, Dalvin Cook could be a pro bowler again for the 
fourth time. Um, but Dalvin, I don't think he had the greatest year. I had uh, had at least he didn't have the year I wanted him to have for my fantasy team. But uh, uh, what do you what do you see happening in that room? Because he's got a big contract. They've got three young uh, running backs behind him. Uh, running backs are becoming more of a dime a dozen in this league. You can get a good one later in the draft. And the Vikings, you know, haven't really, you know, what's his name? Uh, Alexander Madison is, is uh, I think his contract's up and he should be, uh, he should be starting somewhere if not starting here. So w- what do you think happens in that room this year? Well, you know, I wouldn't say dime a dozen because, uh, you know, Dalvin brought something, brings something that's, it's amazing uh, whenever it's featured the right way and you have the offensive line. And, and I, I just, you know, he was so good in that, in that stretch, you know, you know, the outside zone that the Vikings were running. And, you know, we just didn't see a lot of that. We saw too so much of Dalvin. Up. More of a problem for him this year? No, no, I'm not saying it was more of a problem, but I mean, he, he clearly was a different offense for him. Yeah. Um, but, but one thing I wouldn't do, and I don't think you'll see these guys do it because they're analytics guys. Uh, you can't sit there and watch Kansas city with uh with Pacheco, seventh Pacheco round. a seventh round draft pick, uh, Pacheco gets the ball and there is so much power in his, I mean, he is, I mean, Andy Reid, I, 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 before I retire from voting for AP, uh, these awards and all this stuff, I've got to have either, either got to give or be given a, uh, I hope Andy Reid goes undefeated or I just say the hell with it and vote Andy Reid as coach of the year. Cause I'm, <laughs> I get tired of, I get tired of voting for whoever the flavor of the year is because they turned around a team or, um, you know, they did this or that. And the other thing, and meanwhile, Andy Reid is just 14 wins, 13 wins, AFC championship game after AFC championship game. I mean, that what they got going in Kansas City, and you can say, oh, they got Mahomes. It's it's so much more than that. And, and if you wanted to say Mahomes, I mean, we all, everybody made fun of him for taking Mahomes in the 10th overall I mean, right. when they did. Uh, but my point is, we get back to my point. Uh, I would not be overpaying or I would not be giving any big contracts to Madison. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be giving any big contract. Sorry, Dalvin. I've praised Dalvin. I've called this as his team sometimes when people are saying it's, it's Jefferson's team or it's Kirk's team. Um, I wouldn't be giving any big, large money to him uh, or any running back right now. I just, you know, you can get if, uh, and I feel like the Vikings can do this with Jefferson and with O'Connell as an offensive coach, um, I don't think you need a first round draft pick as a running back. That's going to be, you know, break your bank. It's you can just go out and get so many guys that are, that are like that Pacheco who fits perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it remains. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, on your side there, you mentioned uh, coach of the year and, and such uh, who do you like then for coach of the year? Have you voted yet on it? I can't tell you. Not a lot of time. That's just lame. Yeah, we voted for it. I mean, there's uh, what you we voted for Andy Reid. No, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's when you vote for things, you're like, oh, how, how's this gonna, you know? No. Uh, believe me, I, I, having been a Hall of Fame voter, you know that uh, like, there's different seasons. I think February after the Super Bowl and before the the uh, combine, or no, before free agency is the bash the hall of fame selector season. So <laughs> NFL has its own every week is a certain set of, you know, yeah. uh, this the schedule release, the uh, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll deal with that one down the road when I can tell you how that. Went. Okay. The offensive line still needs more work. Uh, Darisaw, uh he did had some concussion trouble, but had a great season when he was on the field. Um, but they lost Brian O'Neill and, and at the end, and it's not going to, he's, it, it's an Achilles. I believe it was Achilles injury. And those are, you don't come back from those next week. Uh, you don't tape it up and go. So I, I don't know what his, his, uh, status is being. I wonder if he's going to be the same player inside Ezra Cleveland had a decent season. Garrett Bradbury had a much improved season, uh, until he got injured and Ed Ingram, hopefully he's just learning the position and will improve Mark. What do you, what do they got to do with this offensive line? Where do they go next? Because Kirk Cousins was still the most hit man in uh, in the NFL this year and pl- uh, played under duress more than any of their QB. Uh, what do you think about that uh, offensive oh, line? Oh, let's and that's you know, granted, he, he, wherever those numbers say are they're they're right, but you know, some of it's Kirk as well. Kirk Kirk could move, you know, as we saw in the last the last play there. Yeah. Kirk could, could move a little, you know, Kirk has the ability to move 
more than he does. Um, but I think one thing that we would talk about the rookies and it's you know, at this point, it's a failed class. It's a failed first year class, but if there's a silver lining Ed, the one guy that played every snap on offense was, was Ed Ingram. Yeah. Uh, and so I think he played, I mean, you win, you win 13, or you win um, 13 games. With it? You win all these games. Okay? Yep. You get, you know, I think you're, you know, you, 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 Ed deserves a chance to come back and, you know, and, and start again at right guard. So, you know, maybe that's a, you know, with a year under his belt in every snap, you know, that helps him. I think the tackles, you don't, you don't have to look for two new tackles. I think with, you know, the way that the medicine and the, the surgeries are now and everything, um, you know, O'Neal is young enough. He's going to be fine. Um, Dare saw you'd like, you'd love to say that, you know, you'd love to throw it back to the, to the olden days where the left tackle plays, you know, goes Joe Tom, you know, I guess Joe Thomas, would that be olden days, the early 2000s? Yeah. Older, uh, where days. You, older days. Where you play you play uh, 11,000 straight snaps and then you yeah. retire and you go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, you know, you'd like to see him be on the field every single game, but I don't know that that's, that's in him. And I also don't know if that's in the league anymore. It, it's, you know, it, it, so, but I don't think you need tackles, which is – you know, it's not, uh, that's not a small deal. I mean, how many years did this team, if we talk about, they needed a left tackle, they needed yep. a right tackle. Yep. They, constant, the constant need for those positions was off the charts. Do you need to spend not, all those, those picks on an offensive lineman? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I'd say, I mean, like, uh, I don't think they're set at center. I mean, uh, they didn't, I mean, are you, do you give, do you give Bradbury an extension? I, yeah. I'd be looking around. Um, you know, Cleveland, I think you can get by with Cleveland, uh, but that's center. I'm not like ready to say, Hey, Brad, here, Bradbury, five-year extension, you know, just because he played a little bit better than when he was horrible. Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's some you know, praise right there. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I mean, and then, then, he, then he gets hurt at the end. So, yeah. uh, and I, and he, not that he probably wasn't ready to, to play in that, no, in that I don't think playoff so. game. But he, you know, uh, Lawrence, you know, just yeah, he ate him up. Yeah. Next. Okay. Yeah, how about Dexter Lawrence? How about uh, tight end, Mark? Uh, we got uh, T.J. Hawkinson uh, supplanting Irv Smith. I think Irv. Both of them are both of them up for a, a fifth year renewal. I know they came out of the same draft class. Uh, is there a fifth? Well, Irv, Irv wasn't a first. Uh, Irv was a second round pick, so he didn't okay. get the fifth year. Um, you know, uh, Hawkinson is. I don't know what his deal, what his contract is, but right, I think he's, he's under got, one more year. He's got one yeah, more. So, year. Yeah. So he, he's, you know, and I think, uh, you know, Quasey put it best when he said like, someone said, well, you know, the, the, the hassle or, or the, uh, ne something negative about having to re-sign Jefferson. And it's like, that's champagne problem, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, you want to have that problem. You want to have Hawkinson problem. Um, Detroit got by without him, but he was so perfect <laughs> for this offense uh, for what they needed that, yeah, it's, he's, he, he's, a, he's a good, you know, get, getting him under a long-term deal or however, whatever Brzezinski, however they work their magic, you know, that's a good thing to have that uh, Jefferson, you know, is a good thing to have. Uh, you got to figure out what you do with Kirk and you know, obviously Kirk, Kirk is gone though, isn't he? Oh yeah. I would, I would, I would think so. I mean, uh, you know, he'll, he's not going to want to come back for what the Vikings are going to give him. So he's free to go on and, you know, and he might end up going on and then, Playing pretty well somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, yeah he's if, done if, here. I would if he if he stays on the field and figures it out, he could be a really heck of a good ball player. I was excited when he came in, but just never really realized it. Um, you mentioned uh, Jefferson, but the other guy at the receiver is is the one uh, I'm concerned about, and a lot of Minnesotans are. Adam Thielen is he gone? His family kind of seems to think so the way they're positioning themselves on social media, and uh, uh, is uh, I think he's around 31 or something like that. And it looked like he lost a step this year. I don't think he was injured. He still has the great hands in the end zone. I, I suspect he's a good route runner, but he just doesn't get the separation that he's gotten in years past. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adam, uh, Minnesota and Mankato guy, Adam Thino? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it, every, you know, every, every dog has his day. It's got, it, it, it arrives for everybody. Uh, and I feel like with, 
where he's at with, you know, he can only give so much of a discount, uh, you know, to come back or extend. Right. They got so many th- other things they got to, um, to get to, to, uh, uh, to make all this work. And I don't, you know, at some point what you give them isn't good enough for what you have to, they have to do to kind of get you to fit under caps and stuff. And I just think it's probably it's it, the time has arrived for him to, you know, they no longer can afford him at, at his age plus another season. And he's um, got a, He's got a good enough reputation. He he'll catch on with somebody else who just needs a, a third down receiver who's great in the red zone, maybe perhaps or not a third down receiver, but a third number three guy that, that uh, is going to grab, make some great catches. Who does that sound like? Um, maybe someone over about uh, 250 miles east of here. Ouch. Yeah. It's uh, how, well, that. What, how, how would that go over if, cause I think that's where he were, if they'd have blown it up this year, I think that he'd have been over there. Yeah. Uh, how would that go over? Um, you know, it, yeah, this, this, this Mankato native would not be happy, but I'd be happy for Adam. He might have, you know, have, yeah, a, it's a business. It's yeah. a business. Yeah. I mean, you still, you still get attached that there's no two ways about it. And when I was, uh, uh, I was out there at, at the TCO and in, in winter park, I, I love talking to him. He's a great guy. He, uh, he's an avid golfer. So we talked about golf. I featured him in the golf magazine a couple of times. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think Adam's great. I'd hate to see him go, but, uh, you know, it's a business. And, I, and I'm not saying that he can't play. I'm just saying that financially it, it probably, you know, um, I, I don't want to claim to know more than Quasi. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> if you do, uh, I'm going to write that down. If you Quasi, yeah, Quasi's, you know, the schools that he's been to, I probably couldn't, uh, <laughs> I couldn't spell, let alone, uh, uh match the, uh, all the wizardry that he's got going on. Yes. But uh, I just feel like the you know having having looked at this as long as Quasi's probably been alive, uh, that the financials don't match what uh, what's left in the tank. Yeah. Well, there's another position on offense we got to talk about here real quickly. And uh, as you mentioned to me when we were texting before the show, K- KOC gave Kirk a vote of confidence at his presser. Uh, um, so he's the guy for next year and I don't know if they'll extend him to save some room or what they'll do, but regardless, you still think this team needs to draft a quarterback, even though they don't have uh, a whole lot of picks in this upcoming draft. You know, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit, it's, it's much different than it was with Zimmer because I, I don't know what they, what their feelings are on Nick Mullins. Um, yeah, not to say that Nick Mullins will be your next quarterback, but, um, you have a guy, you have a head coach who's an offensive guy who's a former quarterback who's working with their backup quarterback. That's a lot different than, than drafting uh, Kellen Mond in the third round and having him sit there and work with uh, uh, Kubiak's kid for a year. Right. Uh, so maybe there, yeah, there's something there. I mean, this is, this is, this, is, I mean, Kirk, Kirk's, like they someone said that Kirk's, the pen that he's been signing all these contracts is going to end up in the hall of fame because Kirk <laughs> bet on himself. Kirk bet on him. Kirk bet on his health and he bet on himself to, to stay healthy and to be there. Um, now he's never made it over the hump, but you're right back where you were at the beginning. It's like, well, you know, you know, Kirk's always, you know, probably not good enough to win you a Super Bowl. He's certainly not carrying him by, by your, by himself but he's not bad enough by any stretch to get rid of. So you're kind of in this always in this, this mode of like, they got to just keep paying him and paying him and paying him and paying him. Uh, and right now that's there. That's if they want to, you know, keep this going. Um, that's, that's what they have to do. And, but yeah, I, I think, I think, yes, yes. I mean, they certainly have got to start identifying their, the future at the position but when you only have four picks and you're not likely to have a whole lot more than that, uh, do you take a quarterback? I, I don't know. I, I don't see that with all the holes they have. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. Uh, it, you know, with, with Kirk, it's, it's weird. I mean, it, you know, you got your detractors and your, your the guys who love them, the guys who hate them, and nobody in between. And, you know, years past, you know, okay, he's got great stats, but you got to win ball games. So this year he won ball games, you know, and didn't have the great stats. 
I contend he had a better year because we we have looked forever. It says give this guy a defense. He, the defense last year was not putting him was make putting the pressure on Kirk to make come back at the end, and they couldn't do it. Well, the defense wasn't any better this year, but Kirk won those ball games, a number of them with with just late drives. I think they had like eight game winning drives where they they won those eleven one score games. You know, some of those, some of them, and so. You know, the guy stays healthy, he gets hit more often than anybody else. He's under duress more than anybody else, and they win 13 games. I don't know that you can ask that much more. Uh, you would like to have well, seen him throw a little bit further in the uh, uh, in the final play. Of the, I, I would have, I would have asked him to do it for at least one more game. You know? Yeah, I, I would have. Well, I'm just saying. I would have said, said in said, general, Mark. You know, not specifically in general that. You you got a very good year out of him. You you he can put up numbers for stats, but he can also win help you win ball games. And you have to you have to understand that when you look around the league. You know now, granted, can he can he run the ball? Does he have that other asset like other quarterbacks do? And which seems so important this year? No, he doesn't have it. Well, he's got more of it than than what he shows. I think he's, he can do it, but he doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I th- I think this is like the. Probably the biggest difference between the Giants' season. The Giants won nine games, okay? But yeah. I have a feeling the Giants fans or the Giants organization probably feels a little better about their season. Um, you know, say you because you went to the second round and you clearly lost to a team that was much better. Uh, whereas Vikings fans and the Vikings organization, I mean, this was a successful season, but it's just kind of, it feels like an okay season. It feels like, okay, yeah. You know, uh, in, in part, what what has what is probably so frustrating for Vikings fans or other Viking the players and the coach and the, every, the organization themselves is is that everything that was said about them, you know, kind of ah, you know, they're they're kind of they they they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, or, and then they 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 go and they fulfilled that, and then the team that beat them goes on and was just so outclassed by the other three teams that were left. Uh, so the Giants are feeling pretty good. The Vikings are. I would imagine kind of in this, wow, you know, uh, to me, it's better than, than not making the playoffs. Uh, but you probably have, you probably have a group of fans that are like, well, you know, we should have done what the bears did, you know, just throw the towel in. And now the bears played fifth, I think a, a league high 15 rookies, you know, and they're, they're coming back up, but I don't know. I don't, I don't so see what the they're going to call it, Mark, a competitive, a competitive teardown next year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they'll, they'll be, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, this team was uh, the biggest difference was they had, you know, they had Kirk Cousins that they made. When they made the decision on Kirk Cousins that he was going to be O'Connell's guy, then everything else they did had to fall in place with that, I felt. And then uh, it didn't work out. But, you know, just because it it didn't doesn't mean you should go back and say, ah, they should have done it. It's like people right. will say, oh, they had to trade for uh, – Spielman had to trade for Brad – Bradford back and when that happened and then when it, then they didn't win a didn't win a playoff game or whatever it were and then they said oh they should never have done that it's yeah can't have both yeah I you know take away the the playoff game and this was one of the more memorable uh regular seasons in my in my memory you know which may not be that great anymore for a long time I enjoyed the hell out of it I was you know I saw couple games in person i i hyperventilated at one of them because of the the against the jets when they had like three uh defensive stands at the goal line you know blah 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 and bills uh come back blah it was a blast it was a freaking blast but it is in the end just an okay season because they just kind of went at the end so that and that's that's what you get but anyway uh that that that's uh we're going to have plenty to talk about with Kirk as, as the off season goes on because he's always in the limelight with the Vikings and I'm sure his contract will come up with discussion. We'll so we'll table that to another time, but say quick break, come back and talk about the NFL teams that are still playing. Come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. All right. Welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the star tribune. Mark, one more quick Vikings note uh, before we head on to the, the other games in the NFL, uh, got two all pro players for the Vikings this year. Uh, Justin Jefferson, which comes as no surprise and the long snapper. I uh, can't say his name. De Paola, De Paola, De Paola, is, is his coach calls him, but uh, they both made 
all they all most became all pros and you had had mentioned him earlier as as look out for him being one i think you you kind of had your eye on long snappers as this possibility how do you who grades out a long snapper for crying out loud yeah well you know i i was a, I was a long snapper in high school so I, oh you I, were I was, break, I was breaking down no i was <laughs> uh, but uh I, I was joking with him because um, I was a holder. We should work on that. I was a holder. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't. Well, right now, I don't think I could. If I bent over to snap a ball, I couldn't get back up. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know that you can get down on one needle to. I don't so think we're, so. we're screwed. <laughs> hey, and then put put us with the Cowboys kicker, and we would be. We would. We would. <laughs> so, uh, where were we? Uh, yeah, the, the Jefferson guy. I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he and Travis Kelsey were the two easiest votes because uh, I vote for all pro uh, yeah. and two easiest votes. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, there are other, e you know, less difficult or not difficult ones, but those were like, well, you know, so Jefferson, obviously we knew, you know, I'd be stunned if it wasn't uh, unanimous, which it was. And then the long snapper, we were, I was joking with him. I said, you, you know, you're going to get it because uh, with the Associated Press over the years has tweaked and, 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 tinkered with the all pro teams. And, you know, we went through a, a spell where, you know, if you had a fullback and you at their first, whoever the last standing fullback was, was all pro for like 10 years in a row. There was this, there was a run where, you know, there only a couple teams had fullbacks. Well, the San Francisco fullbacks got that going on. Dress, well, but, but they, but they got rid of that. They got rid of fullback. For, oh. And then for, for a number of years, we had a, a flex, you know, they, they would, you could have, uh, I think, three receivers, a running back, and then a flex player. It could be, uh, you know, receiver. It could be a running back. Typically, I think the flex player, the the hot flex player, was Tyreek Hill, uh, until you know Tyreek became you know an All Pro uh, receiver. Uh, but you know what they did? Um, they they decided they had to add a long snapper because long snappers only been added like I think this is probably the third year for a long snapper. Oh, really? And what they did is they they have they made some um, for the Associated Press voters. They they made two long snapper experts, you know, long time special teams guys available to us to give us, you know, guidance. Uh, and basically, by guidance, I mean they said this guy's the best, and we went, sounds good to me. And uh, <laughs> because because you know what I'm saying, it's like I'm not saying that it's quite that simple, but in right. some ways, if if you got two experts saying that. You know, we don't have a whole lot. If if there weren't any blocks or there weren't any obvious, you know, when the ball doesn't go ten feet over the kicker's head, right? You know, because I mean, these experts are they'll be able to tell you what's offline, what's way offline, yeah. and like, um, you so know, they're breaking down the film for you. So Andrew was, you know, like uh, his his offlines were like minimal, and his way offlines were didn't exist. So I was telling him, I say, hey, you know, you're going to be the all pro <laughs> long snapper. He's like, uh, I mean, he's also a humble guy. So he's yeah. probably like, really, really? And I said, I said, I, I said, as good as you know, there's a lot of talent in this locker room. I said, you know, Justin Jefferson's obviously going to make it. I said, but there's nobody else that's going to be first team. I mean, there's, you know, uh, and I said, said for you, I said, you, you and Je you and Jeff, you know, because this is like a, he's a great story. I mean, he's a 35 year old guy making all pro, pro bowl too, his first, for the first time. Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't start playing until he's in mid, mid to like 26 or 27, whatever it was. He was tendon barred is, you know, he's a fantastic story that we've all told now, now that we're able to get to him and without the pandemic and we're, we have locker room access again. And, yeah. Uh, so he's, it's a fantastic story and, uh, you know, hats off and, uh, I hope he, you know, I hope he, you know, keeps going. I mean, it's like, if you're, you're the all pro long snapper, you're certainly not going to be, uh, Set packing next year, so he'll be doing it for a while. Unless his body breaks down like yours and he needs back surgery from all those years bending over. Well, I, I tell you what, when these guys need back surgery, they don't have to wait as long as the schlubs <laughs> like we do. It's probably true. Let's run down the games we saw this weekend. KC uh, uh, over the Jaguars. Uh, the biggest headline out is the injury to Mahomes, high ankle sprain. Wanted to keep playing, went to the locker room, mad as hell, got it x-rayed, came back out, taped it up, kept going, and he, and he still played. Chad Henney filled in good, but uh, is uh, is hobbled Mahomes slash Henney good enough to beat the Bengals and who went 3-0 against him? 
You know, I don't know. I mean, another Andy Reid, uh, you know, if you want to send some more love to Andy Reid, Mahomes gets hurt. Mahomes is on the sideline. He's, he, I mean, this is this is the, the this is going to be the MVP in the league. And Andy Reid tells the MVP, you're not coming back in. And so he slams his coat down. He has to go in the locker room. That's powerful number one. I think, yep. you know, that, that Andy Reid can sit there and just say, I'm the boss. And still be Andy Reid, you know, like he's a he's a great throwback slash modern coach uh, when it comes to re- relating to players. So that that's number one. Number two, while you're the best player in the league is in the locker room getting checked out, make sure he doesn't have anything broken. Uh, Chad Henney, he's a 200 year old quarterback, is got the ball on his own two yard line. And what do they do? They throw. I mean, I know the announcers raved about this, but I 100 percent agree. Is you know he throws the ball right away. And, you know, clearly, you know, Jacksonville uh, is caught, you know, off guard. And then Chad Henning, not saying it's just like Mahomes, but he moves them down the field and they yep. score a 98-yard touchdown. Um, you know, being from being from Cleveland, those 98-yard touchdowns tend to stick with you for, for years and years. <laughs> so I'll, re- I'll remember this one for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if Chad Henning had to start and play the entire game, that's, that's not good, but I – you know, Mahomes is going to be there. Mahomes is going to find yeah. a way. But how good um, is he going to be? It's, his, his mobility is going to be affected for sure from a high ankle. I would certainly think it would be very affected. Yeah. But he has a way of doing things that, you know, uh, I think he'll be able to move enough, you know, but clearly that's that's the that's the X factor in the, in the game. Uh, can, can they do that? And you know, Cincinnati, you know, as we keep looking for everyone else in the AFC, like, oh, my gosh, uh, uh, Buffalo is the greatest team in the league. Kansas City is the best team in the league. Uh, look at Jacksonville, how what they're doing. Here they're come on the rise. Here comes, you know, Cincinnati, who, you know, before, you know, it, not not too long, I mean, uh, Joe Burrow might have an argument that he's MVP in, in a year or two. So, yeah, it's uh, – the fact that it's in Kansas City, you always I mean, it's a fifth straight year it's in Kansas City. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you want me to throw one bit of praise at uh, Andrew, Andy Reid, you've been doing plenty. I will say, hands down, he's the best actor in that commercial from State Farm where he's drawing the things on there. He, uh, he, nope, he nope, cracks me up. The other, you know, Mahomes is terrible. The other guy, even the Jake from State Farm is just okay. Yeah, but uh, and he looked like a natural. He makes me laugh every time he I, takes that double take. I I miss the old Jake, the original Jake. You know, where, yeah. where where's where's the original Jake? You know. So. Yeah, he, he, I like that Jake better. Anyway, okay. Uh, since we're talking about Bengals over the Bills, I I thought the Bengals were lucky last week against the Ravens to to you know and, and but you know is is that but the Ravens outplayed them, but the Bengals turned around and went on the road and outplayed the Bills by a country mile. If you ask me, they just rolled them. Um, I know there's a lot of injuries on defense for Buffalo, but uh, uh, suddenly the Bengals look just normal. And then they bring in three offensive linemen to replace, you know, to replace their injured starters and nobody gets to burrow. And he just, he just rolls. I mean, well, I mean, the, the, the irony of that game, I feel, you know, Buffalo, I think, was 13-1 and one at home in playoff games. And there's a reason that, you know, Buffalo is 13-1. and one Yeah, who did they lose to? Uh, no idea. Yeah, whatever. Years ago, 13-1 and one in the playoffs. Uh, so, you know. I thought you were talking about the Vikings. The Vikings beat them in Buffalo this year. Just, just No, 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 no. This is this is playoff football. 13-1 oh, okay. over the years. Because you go to Buffalo and you get that kind of weather. Well, yeah. the irony was – that weather, I feel, played right into Cincinnati. You know, you had three new offensive linemen. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, and then granted, Buffalo's Good pass point. rush is not the not the same without Vaughn Miller. Yeah. But that pass rush was completely eliminated by that. You know, those those elements. The the weather. I'm sure the footing wasn't great. Um, you know, and it, and they said they just. You know, this is a team that couldn't run the ball. They were or last week. We were talking about them being. I was talking about it being one-dimensional. Man, they came out and and for three new offensive linemen, you know, started pounding the ball, and then they couldn't get. They couldn't. Uh, Buffalo couldn't rush the passer, and so uh, I guess you know, Buffalo. If you look at it, would be a team that for the AFC, 
you know, who's going to disappoint you? Probably would be Buffalo because um, just because of the number of uh, turnovers that they had during the year. uh, I know Stefan is disappointed. Yeah, I'm sure to Stefan. And Stefan, I love Stefan. It's like he's got Josh Allen as, as his quarterback. When the ball's too low, he's going like this. I know. And he's going, I couldn't believe when the ball's, it. When the ball's too high, he's going like this. It's like if I'm the, if I'm the quarterback, I'd be, I'd be might be signaling him with one finger and telling him he did yeah, return the favor later when he didn't run the right route. He was yeah. kind of pointing it out, so you knew God, there's yeah. something going on there. And then later you see him on the sidelines just going, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, that's Stefan, and he he can defend it all he wants. But he he's at, he's a good guy when the things are going good. But when they go downhill, you don't want to yes. be in the same room. That's 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 a I would describe him fairly well. Now, in saying that, he's a tremendous talent. Absolutely, and Buffalo. You know, obviously, as a as a trade, you talk about a trade that worked out for both sides. Uh, yes, no question. Plus, uh, I this this guy the guy here his. His personality, uh, I, I would take that. And I'm sure that it probably uh, has to be controlled a little bit, but you have a head coach now that can probably do that. Uh, I'm sure he's probably never been like always on board with Kirk in certain situations, but uh, from over overall standpoint, uh, Jefferson's got a fantastic, uh, great player mentality. Well, I'm sure there's some players that have comments. Says, Justin, you got to turn up your diva quotient here, man. Your, your contract's up. Come on, you got to get. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully not. I, I love watching him, and I, I think he's a great guy, and I hope it continues. On the NFC side, you got the Eagles over the Giants, which wasn't even close. It, uh, it, uh, you know, say what does that say about the Vikings lost? Nothing really, but it does. A team that that beat us, the beat the Vikings once, and almost and took them to overtime or near overtime in the other game, gets just handled in the playoffs that that was tough to watch from a Minnesota standpoint. And uh, if you got anything, got anything on that game, then we'll talk uh, Niners Cowboys. Well, I mean, you know, Daniel Jones, I, I don't know where, where he fits now because, you know, Daniel Jones had a pretty good regular season. And then, uh, you know, walking out of us bank stadium last week, you know, one of the giants, uh, you know, writers slash podcasters slash blowhard is in the back is saying a, about how much you know Daniel Jones just became the richest quarterback and all this stuff, and I, I've heard this before. Like when you play, you know, you play the Vikings <laughs> uh, over the years, they've had kind of defenses that will make quarterbacks. I don't know if you've noticed this, will make a quarterback look a little better than he is. I've seen it. Uh, so yeah, you've seen it a, few, a couple times. Uh, you know, so he he you know clearly was. I'm not saying that he was Daniel Jones of last year or whatever, but he's not this. He's not going to be a guy that's going to run for 80 yards and two touchdowns, run, uh, throw for two touchdowns, and 300 yards. Pressure on him. Anybody can do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, it was disappointing because that is how a defense should handle, you know, a guy like him. Now, granted, Philadelphia had 70 sacks in the regular season. They're not the Vikings. They had four guys with double digit sack totals. Uh, you can do that whenever you're, you can, you know, the Vikings just needed to create some more pressure on him, and they just, and that's why the defensive coordinator is looking for work now. Yeah. Well, in this final game, uh, sorry, Mark, uh, this was the one that went my way uh, in our prediction segment, so I do have the one one uh, game lead, but we'll talk about that. But Brock Purdy rolls on. The defense is still important in the playoffs in this league. I mean, a 19-12 final, both defenses. Uh, did enough for their team to win, but Dak Prescott did enough for his team to lose with the two interceptions. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you and I were texting back and forth about, <laughs> you said, you said, so I think first you said, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is better than Dak Prescott. And then a little while later, we got a, uh, got a text from you. that says Kirk Cousins is, or Dak Prescott is Kirk Cousins. So go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I know. Um, Thanks for sharing that, uh, Joe. That's a, that's a <laughs> uh, you know, go back to like the, to the our preseason preseason where we were ranking quarterbacks, and I said, I, I I said Kirk is a top ten quarterback, but I have to couch it because I said he's tied for tenth because it's Dak Prescott, and I said I don't right. know how to separate Dak Dak and Kirk because they're both good quarterbacks, but they just have they have these moments uh, sometimes at the end of games where it's like. Again, a million times they get done, they come off the field, and you go, 
that's all you got, you know? And, you know, I just saw, you know, Dak, you know, when the ball needed to be pushed down the field, I granted he's playing, he's playing the 49ers defense. So yes, uh, it's, it's not easy. This stuff is not easy, but when you're in there, when you're in there, they're ilk as quarterbacks, it's, you know, it's, they're supposed to be better. And I, you know, I, I had that similar feeling of like, wow, that, that could have, you know, it could have been better. It should have been better on his part. And, but I, I love that game. I love, I love the defense. I, I really thought the Cowboys were going to win. Yeah. Uh, even though the 49ers is as great as they are, I thought the Cowboys would affect that quarterback enough to have him finally, you know, be knocked off of this magic carpet ride. They kind of handled um, Parsons, didn't they? They, the offensive line kind of handled Parsons and some of those. Well, that, that offensive line is, I mean, it's, that's the reason that Purdy's doing it. I'm not, that's right. Pur, you know, Purdy will forever from Purdy is for present. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> from now on, every, every fan base is going to want a quarterback taken in the seventh round every <laughs> single year until the guy hits. We'll take um, it. We'll but, take but it. the thing is, it's, you know, you put Purdy on, uh, the, you know, Vikings or any other, a lot of other teams, it doesn't happen because. This guy, you know, we said it last week, is this guy can look this side of the field, that side of the field, <coughs> and come back to this side of the field. I mean, he's he's got the, one of the best left tackles to play the game ever. Is you know, so he doesn't have to worry about that. The rest of the line is 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 elite, uh, solid. Uh, so it's fascinating to you know that you could be have you know Cincinnati wins and San Francisco wins. You could have. The first pick in the draft versus the last pick in the draft. So, oh, that's a great uh, storyline. I didn't even think talk about, about all the things that can and you know I, and Purdy obviously will be he'll be the story. It'll be the story and it'll be but you know that's just a great great team and a and a great coaching staff and uh, we you know we all sat here whenever uh, Garoppolo got hurt and um, not 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 so much when Trey when Trey Lance got hurt you knew that uh, that. They were fortunate enough that they didn't get rid of Garoppolo. They just right. kind of put him on the shelf, and they went they went back in the storage room and said, "Okay, we need you now." Uh, and he could get you to the Super Bowl or to the because he proved that he could. But when he went down, it was like, "Well, you know, they're done." And it's like, hey, "This is great news for the Vikings." Well, they haven't lost a game, so. Well, it sounds it sounds like that's where you're leaning. Uh, you, I, I could say that you picked Dallas in the game. I picked San Francisco, and so I. Well, you I, picked the favorites. I. We'd finish tied. San Francisco and you picked I, Dallas. You pick the favorites and the Vikings, and if I, the only way I can win is by picking long shots and someone to beat the Vikings. Come oh, on, you got a handicap. You got to complain. Why don't you just pick the right team that's going to win, and you would do better. You know, I, I don't even look at the It'd line. Be boring. I, I I don't look at the line. I look at who I think's going to win, Mark. Oh. Yeah, I didn't you, look at the line this week though, because I was having trouble. These are two evenly matched teams. Who you got? I got mine written down here, so I will well, go. Should, since I'm behind, should since I'm behind, shouldn't you go first? I, we can do that if you want. I guess that's why I wrote them down, so I'm not going to well, change guess, one way or the other. We would I have got, one more left. I got uh, Casey and Philly. What do you oh, mean? That's shocking, Joe. It's the shocking. Bengals are favored. Oh, the Bengals oh, are favored. They are favored. Yeah. They just and the betting line. They just all this money's come in on on Cincinnati, and now they are favored because uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankle's got a high ankle sprain. That, oh yeah, yeah. And you're just singing the praises of San Francisco's. I I have torn either way. I this you can go make a case for either team in either game. It should be no no no. I'm gonna go. I I like Philadelphia at Philadelphia, and uh, we'll take one more swing at. At that pass rush getting to this quarterback. Um, but on the other side, I think I like uh, – what I should do is pick the same as you and then take it to the Super Bowl. But well, you could do that. At the, at the, at the risk of going uh, – and I don't even know who I'm going to pick for the paper. But, um, well, I know I, I definitely like Philadelphia. But on the other side, I, I think I'm going to go uh, – I just got done singing Andy Reid's praises. But Andy, Andy tends to – has some struggles to toward the end of the year. I'm glad, so glad he got his Super Bowl. But I, I'm sorry, Andy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take. The, I'll take the Bengals at the risk of going two down and being shut out. 
I'll take the Bengals. Well, that's good. This way we can either have – it can either be over or uh, uh, it'll be a tied for the for the final game. You know, I, I the Bengals, they look so good. And if, if, if Mahomes doesn't get injured, I'm pick, you're picking KC probably, right? Don't you think that – I mean, that, that takes one of his dimensions away. He's not going to run that much. He's not going to be well, that – Well, one thing that – I mean, um, having seen the, that offensive line, and now I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Kansas City or whatever – Kansas City's defense, uh, it's different than like like Kansas City can get away with being the 16th best defense and 12th or 15th in points or whatever it is uh, because they have Mahomes. Uh, I, I think that Joe Burrow, you know, they could, I was impressed with how Cincinnati ran the ball last week. I, I, I didn't think they had that anymore this year. Yeah, they didn't against uh, the Ravens, that's for sure. And I also like that you know, Cincinnati, there is a, you know, a lot of people can say, you know, we hear it all the time. I covered a, a Super Bowl where the Patriots won their 20th Super Bowl, Super Bowl in 22 years or whatever it was, and guys sitting on the podium going, "Ah, oh, no one respected us. You know, no one gave us any hope." Or it's like, "Are you kidding me?" But um, Cincinnati might have might that might be a legitimate motivator for that rock like feeling for them because you don't you know they made it last year. We don't you don't really talk Kansas City, you talk Buffalo, you talk you know so. They're three and all against. They're three and all against. I love. KC. I love Joe Burrow, and uh, you know, as a Browns fan, uh, you know, we see what Kenny Pickett you know, was able to do as a rookie. You know, he's, he's got something. Joe Burrow will, could be the best quarterback in the league. Or we're, we were hitting for some fan, just great quarterback play. We were already seeing it. We were in. We're in that that time now. Uh, but I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to rise above these guys. Yeah. Okay. Not great quarterback play. Well, uh, then we're back to, to Kirk Cousins talking about him. Well, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, I know you're just kidding about Kirk Cousins' Dak Prescott, blah, blah, blah. That, it was funny, so I had to, to share that with him. Oh, I, I, have, I have them like they're right there together, I yeah. think. Well, that's what that'll do it for this week on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Mike Oldham producing the show thanks joe johnson for putting us on the air uh we'll be back next week with uh you know more vikings talk and more more nfl talk so thanks again for checking us out and uh we'll see you next time skull skull